0: Hey guys, welcome to the Behoning Soul Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. Uh, on this episode, I have someone who I've been uh, following uh, following on Instagram. Um, like all these podcasts start start out, it seems like, I follow a lot of these people on Instagram and that's how we kind of connect. Um, and it is uh, someone by the name of Allie Jutine. Um, I get her name wrong when we first talking, but now that I know, since I'm recording this intro afterwards, it is uh, Allie Jutine. She goes by Allie Up North on uh, instagram and uh what kind of got her on my radar was you know she was always posting stuff about um you know they, they've got like some family p- uh, property they've got a farm lots of uh you know family a family type life you know fishing and hunting and uh she's a uh, you know a, a new mom you know about i think she said just just over a year year old or uh, for a daughter so I thought it'd be interesting to talk to her to get her kind of perspective on just kind of up north of life. And like I said, I'm in Minnesota. She's in Minnesota too, but she's like like way, way up there. And um, I'm always kind of, I, I always like looking into people's kind of like homestead kind of family life. That makes it sound old timey, not homestead, but you know what I mean. Um, just just, j- just the pictures that I see are very kind of, you know, family oriented. And uh, I wanted to get her, her perspective on what it's like to be a relatively new parent and still be able to do things like, you know, like work and have, uh, you know, the time to do this, the other kind of stuff that, you know, some might consider, if, if you really look at it, you know, it might be selfish. I, au- I, I always feel guilty um, as, when, when I try to allocate time to do the things that I do, which is, you know, hunting and archery and that kind of stuff. And that could be seen as, as selfish sometimes, but I also see a lot of people incorporating their kids into the activities that they do. And uh, you know, I I just thought you know she'd be like a really great great person to talk to. So uh, she was gracious enough gracious enough to do a uh, podcast with me. It's about an hour long. We did it over over lunch actually, and um, she was. Uh, gracious enough to actually do it a second time uh we didn't we we barely got started the first time and then i had to go uh because i got a message saying that my wife's car was making all kinds of noises and as soon as we connected i'm like hey i'm sorry um you know (laughs) I, I, i i gotta go can we reschedule so it's always tough um Scheduling with guests—if you guys—if uh, if you do your own podcast or you know anything about them—I mean, just trying trying to align two people's schedules is really really tough. So I really want to thank Allie for uh, for making the time again to to you know to do this. And um, I think we had a great conversation. There's so much that we could, so much more that we could have uh, d- dived down into. Um, you know, we we talk about like, like I said her family. We talk about the farm. We talk about hunting. We talk about her out of state trips. And even those we could. Gone, you know, d- d- dived way deep into. She's gone elk hunting and uh, uh, and, and hunting in, in South Dakota and stuff. So, all kinds of things. But we do manage to squeeze in quite a bit in uh, in about an hour. So, if um, you know you guys find this this podcast uh, interesting, please leave a rating. Uh, really, really huge. I, I don't know how to do it on Google Play or anything like that, but on iTunes. So it's not iTunes anymore. I guess uh, I guess it's what Apple Podcasts or whatever. Whatever it is, scroll all the way down and uh it's easy to find uh will leave a rating please leave a five star rating you don't necessarily have to write a review but if you do that's that's even even better cuz the ratings um definitely help us out with uh the uh the algorithm and it just gets the podcast out to more people and uh more people listen to it and it gets gets higher in the rankings you know how that stuff goes so i if you if you do nothing um at the very least you can do, just please just go leave a rating. It means the world, and uh, I really, really appreciate the support that you guys are uh, already giving this podcast and the YouTube channel and uh, and all that stuff. Speaking of which, obviously, YouTube channel, uh, just putting out videos all the time. I have a bunch that I haven't released yet. This uh, episode is probably going to air several weeks after I record this, but um, which will be kind of heading into, it'll be well into August, I believe but uh you know we'll be getting definitely into preparations for for deer season it's right around the corner so by the time you're hearing this if you're not shooting your bow and getting ready and getting your gear and everything like that set up man you guys got to get on that got to get on out and do it and if you you know need some gear reviews or uh just you know tips or whatever again go go search through the boating soul youtube channel you might find lots of good stuff in there you may not but uh, you might find lots of good stuff in there and um It might be helpful to you, so definitely do that. And, of course, uh, go to the Bowhunting Soul Teespring store. Bunch of different shirts out there. Well, se- several different varieties of shirts out there. You might see me wearing them on the videos. Um, it's re- for some reason it's really hard to search for. If you go to Teespring and type in bow Hunting Soul, I won't come up there because you need to sell like a minimum number. Um, that's just some stupid amount for you to be able to actually be shown in their results. But if you go to my Instagram page, Bowhunting Soul, and uh, you look up in in the bot in the uh, bio, that link will take you directly to the Bowhunting Soul. Um, storefront, and it will go right to those shirts. So, anyway, enough of a sales pitch. Without further ado, here is my interview with Ali Jutine. There we go. You hear? You got me now? Still?
1: Yeah, I can hear
0: you. Cool. Awesome. Well, <laughs> welcome everybody to the bony Soul Podcast on the phone today uh, for the second time and I really appreciate you doing this, is, uh, and I'm going to nail this, it's Allie, is it Jutin? Allie Jutin?
1: No. Dang. Oh. No. <laughs> it's actually Allie Jutin. Jutin.
0: Oh, I, I so messed that up. Like that.
1: I know it doesn't oh, look
0: like that, but, like,
1: um, I married into the family, you know, so I, I can't really, I don't have a say <laughs> in how you pronounce it, but
0: um, yeah. We're,
1: Swedish, and I, I think it actually probably back in the day was Jutin or something like that, but uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's Jutin now, and I, I'm not going to be the one to change that. So.
0: I got you. No, as a guy with a weird name, I 100% understand, so at least you got a normal first name, so um so la- last week we tried to do this and i really appreciate you coming on this time because we had just literally said hey can you hear me and then i got a texting like my wife's car was making weird noises and i'm like oh i i gotta go <laughs> so yeah yeah so um i i, I follow you on instagram and uh, i've been following you for a while and you- you're you're in minnesota and I yep. thought, no, here's, here's like a pretty interesting person. Cause you do, it seems like you do a lot of stuff. You're, you're a new mom, you're a hunter. I see you sing a lot, um, <laughs> which is kind of cool. So, I mean, do you want to just tell everybody kind of like who you are and, and just a little bit about you?
1: Yeah. So, um, like you said, I do live in Northern Minnesota and that, that's why I came up with the name Allie Up North years ago before I knew about like how it's. Instagram really worked you know yeah. um, this kind of made sense for me um, I live near the Duluth area so not too far from Canada <laughs> yeah Couple hours, yeah so um, I live right here with my husband and my daughter um, we actually live on a black Angus beef cattle farm and nope. it's been in my husband's family for the last uh, I think hundred and fifteen years or so. Um, so it's it's uh he, my husband's a, a farmer and an electrician. So we we're just always he's a busybody. So we're we're both always pretty busy. Whether it's you know going out on the land, helping with the farm stuff, or you know scouting or doing hunting type stuff. So we're, we're busy all the time. Um, I grew up here too, though. Um, we both did. Um, but my family also kind of grew up, not on a farm, but, um, just kind of in the North Woods here. Always. Um, my dad was the one who kind of introduced me to hunting. And as like an 11 year old, I wanted to take gun safety, firearm safety and, and go hunting with him because, you know, even at that time, I, I knew it was something that he enjoyed and, you know, just being outside and the way that he talked about it and acted about it, um, made me want to get into it. So I kind of got into hunting that way. Um, and then kind of just as I was growing up with, um, being in sports and all of the, the teenage things, I didn't hunt a lot as a teenager, um, uh-huh. and then got back into it actually, uh, when I was 21 and I'm 29 now. So it's been a few years that i've
0: been yeah really- so yeah so i mean you were just basically i mean just just raised in it right i mean it's uh yeah were you did, did you um did, did you we also raised like in, in a farming kind of life too or, or did you just marry into that
1: i just married into that and I, honestly when i was a kid i always wanted to be a farm girl i don't know why i just thought you know they were the coolest people <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, just by chance met my husband and and got to marry into a farm family. So it's been fun. <laughs>
0: that, yeah. That's awesome. And then you're, uh, no, I, I don't want to say new mom, but I mean, well, I mean, you're, Ooh. you have a young, you have a, you have a young, young daughter, right?
1: Yeah. I'd say I'm a new mom because everything that, that she's going through is new to me. You know, every, ah, okay. every milestone, everything is, is new. So yeah, she's a year old. She's 13 months, almost 14 months. So, um, yeah. Yeah, she's walking and, and kind of babbling. She, she says a few words, but yeah, she's definitely loves being outside. Every time we get like even close to the door, she starts giggling and smiling like, oh, like, mom, put my shoes on, get me outside. So it's been fun with that, too. Cool. Being a mom.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. No, no, I I get it. And, um, I mean, my, my, my daughter just turned eight about a month ago or so. So, uh, it it goes by, I hate to be one of those people where it's like, time goes by and blink of an eye, but it's true. You know, it's, it's just, uh, so you try to, and, you know, um, one, one of the things we wanted to get in and talk about too, is just being, you know, being able to do some of this outdoor stuff and, you know, whether it's hunting or any other activity that, that that you like to do you know as and when i mean you i mean like the general like like you me adults whatever and try to incorporate you know your your children into that and having time for that and you know just try and try not to feel guilty about having me time as well you know i mean are you really? are you starting to run into that a little bit or um it's or is it is she's still a little too young to to kind of think okay well she she's not into this or she wants to do that but i want to go and sit in the deer stand or something like that you know
1: yeah, I think that last fall was our first fall hunting with her, obviously, like, I wasn't hunting with her, but she was alive and everything, and so she's a little baby, and, and that was a little bit, I guess, that was hard at that time, because I'm like, you know, she has to eat so, so many hours, you know, you can only go so long being away from her, for me, at least, and... It was, it was more complicated in that sense. Um, but this year I think will be kind of our year, our fall to like, kind of figure out the things that she's like good with. Um, I have an idea to, to set up a blind, not too far from my house, but in the woods, um, and see if she'll maybe play in the pack and play or even take her nap out there and see if I can hunt mm-hmm. while she, I try it. I don't know. Bow hunting. Yeah. Um, right and just see, see if it works out. But I mean, I think with kids, it's, you have to kind of roll with what happens, you know, you can't, I, I'm not going to push her to, to stay out there just because, you know, just, just for me, but if it's an enjoyable experience for her and it's like, she's just fine, then we'll see how it goes. Um, I this spring I took her um on the river bow fishing and she was in a carrier and that was pretty fun I mean I think she just enjoyed being outside she's Mm -hmm. too little to know really you know what's happening but you know she's I think they're smarter than we give them credit for even at the one years old so
0: oh yeah absolutely yeah so um Let's talk about your I guess your your hunting hit. Well, your hunting history, you said you kind of did it with your dad and stuff. Did you do you have any siblings too? I don't know if I missed that part or was yeah. it, are you are you an old?
1: I'm definitely not an only child. I'm the youngest of four.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I have two older sisters and an older brother. I'm the baby. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um
1: and my oldest sister and brother um were were also hunters. Um they still hunt. And then my um, other older sister, she's she's not really into it, but um, sh- she supports it and everything. She just doesn't like right. to do it. Um, yeah, no, my my siblings are all into it. Um, probably not as much as I am in some ways, um, because I I try to seek out different, you know, hunting experiences like going elk hunting, or I went last not last a couple falls ago, two two falls ago to South Dakota and did an archery antelope hunt. And that was super fun. But that's something right now that my siblings are maybe not in the point in their life where they do seek out different opportunities like that. Um mm-hmm. or they're maybe more comfortable just doing what they know. You know what I mean? Um
0: but yeah it just seems like you're more uh, a little more adventurous uh you know at least in, as far as the outdoors goes you know um because i do want to hear about that i mean that that's that's something i want to do as far as um taking out of state like i i, I want to go antelope hunting like really bad. Yeah. and uh you know I've, I've never been out of state I, i'm in you know i'm just southwest of the cities here you know but um i've never well florida doesn't count you know when you go and like pay to shoot pigs kind of thing but um like a real like diy kind of hunt that that'd be uh, really cool to do so um before we get into that let's talk about your i guess typical i'm going to say like i don't want to just say deer season but hunting season do, do 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 you hunt any other stuff i know you bowfish a lot um okay. i see you you know post pictures of fishing and stuff a lot too just regular fishing uh do, do you do like upland game do you do like like squirrel do you do you know any any wing shooting or anything like that or is it just is it just deer and if and if so what where do you normally go is it just on on family property public land how, how does how does your kind of hunting landscape look like
1: yeah so um i hunt the first the first season that i'll hunt um typically is early goose season up here so that starts, I think this year is September 5th. And with the farm, right. we have a lot of different fields um that we can, you know, get, get there right after they're cut and, and then get into the windrows and right. lay some blinds and, and hunt geese that way. Um and it's that's that's a blast. I I really do enjoy goose hunting. I kind of wish that I did more of it, but then you get into, you know, you know, bow hunting season. And that's a long season. Mm -hmm. and uh, Yeah. So then the next season I would get into would be bow hunting season that starts, you know, mid September until December. But I, I also rifle hunt too. um, Because, well, it's, I think the tradition of it, um, it's where like the whole family gets together and, you know, you, you kind of have that like traditional hunting experience where i think
0: yeah.
1: um the bow hunting for me and my husband are more like a personal thing like that we enjoy and we get to like our hunting season gets to be so much longer than back yeah. when we just rifle hunted you know
0: yeah 100 so, agree you get the the personal kind of hey this is my this is the way i like to hunt i'm that way too bow hunting it's kind of solitude but then you have rifle when it's like it's deer camp you know, and if someone's not been to deer camp, um, or someone's new to hunting and you try to explain what deer camp is, (laughs) it's really hard to explain, but it's, it's, it's a totally different experience. You know, it's Mm -hmm. more about the camp than it is about, you know, it's, it's, they're almost like two completely different, like, um, mindsets, you know, not just in the weapon Mm -hmm. you use, but in terms of what hunting is, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, it is about the camaraderie and like the, the meals you have together or, you know, cracking up, cracking open a beer after somebody Mm -hmm. had a successful hunt you know and it's talking about you know how it went down and maybe even gathering by the you know the beer pole and kind of chatting there about it and I don't know it's it's a lot different I, I mean I I love it for what it is too um bow hunting I love it for what it is it's I don't discriminate when it comes to hunting. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah, no, I, I 100%, 100% on board with that. I, I do the same. I try to uh, <clears throat> rifle hunt, muzzleloader hunt. You know, I mean, I, I like I like deer meat. I like all kinds of meat. You know, so yeah. um, and, I, and I'll take I'll, I'll take advantage of it. Uh, you know, if I can. But um, so you're so obviously our season here in Minnesota starts what like the second second or third week somewhere around the middle of September. And mm-hmm. it's a long season for those that don't know. It goes all the way through the end through December thirty one. Um, mm-hmm. Do you are, are you able to take advantage like uh, of that like the full time, or do you have um, like other obligations like in the fall that kind of cut into that? Um.
1: So usually I do. Well, the last two years I've tagged out during rifle season, so it, it at that point I. Thanks had the opportunity to continue bow hunting um right and so but before that i I would go a little later into the season um but i think um what was it yes i i can only think back the last couple years even before that um i think i did go out a little bit later in the season um but at once the ice hits the lakes too, I do get into ice fishing. So it depends on my mindset, how, how it's shifting. Like, do I want to start, you know, when Christmas comes around in the holidays and stuff, like it kind of, I kind of am a season, like a mindset, my mindset kind of shifts to fishing, (laughs) to ice fishing, especially as some of our lakes are frozen, you know, as soon as Thanksgiving, depending on the lake and, you know, the year. Um, you can actually get out there a little like in end of November or um, early December. So it's, it's, it just depends on, on the year. I think so. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. If you got an early freeze or, if, you know, I, I, I got you. depending how, depending how cold it is too, sometimes, you know, some people are like by the time or or how hard, you know, you've been hitting it, you know, for archery season, let's say, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. it comes down to like December and let's just say, Uh, I I don't know in in your zone up there how many deer you're allowed to shoot. I mean, statewide it's one buck, um, regardless, you know, across all all seasons, all weapons or whatever. But I don't know what what what's your um, allocation for um, for doe tags for antlerless up there.
1: So um, it depends. Uh, If I've hunted the city hunt in not Duluth but in Hermantown, which is Mm -hmm. technically where I was uh, where I went to high school and everything, like Hermant I'm a Hermantown person, Um, but I I, that's intensive harvest. You can shoot two does and a buck, um, but you have to shoot a doe before a buck, before your buck. Yeah. So it's earn a buck basically. Um, here it's changed. Um, I'm not sure this last, last year it was, you, you, some years is you can't shoot a doe, um, at all and it's bucks only. Um, and other years and even like across the road, it it might be different, um, than our property. So it's, it's, I think last year it was bucks only where I was. And then like just across the road, they could shoot a doe, um, and a buck. So, um, but it's been changing for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's, it's typically not intensive harvest here.
0: Yeah, you know I, I don't understand how they do that too. I don't I don't know. I mean, I realize they got to draw a line somewhere, you know, but mm-hmm. looking at the map and I'm sure it's just the same way with with other states with some of the like the questions or frustrations or whatever, but I'm looking at it going, okay, in one zone here maybe like it's um, you know, you can do, you know, like 3 deer or 5 deer or whatever it is. But then like literally right across the road like you said will be uh, a lottery you know mm-hmm. to even get into to be able to shoot an uh, antlerless and it's like well how can you shoot like like you know t- like 20 feet away across this pr- line you know you can shoot like five and over here mm-hmm. you have to be in a lottery to even shoot one you know what I, mean? I, I, I don't understand how they do some of that stuff yeah. it's 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 kind of it's kind, it's kind of mind-boggling but so yeah how um h- how many how many deer deer do you end up like typically shooting in, in a season for you or for your for your family For my
1: family, well, so last year during rifle season, I'll just count the rifle season um, because we Nick and I, my we didn't get any deer during bow season this year.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So we hunted rifle, and out of our party, we only took two deer, and one was mine. And it was the last day of the season, and I shot a six-pointer, I believe, and I I don't also you can't eat the horns at that point in my life,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: yeah. the um, we share our meat too with the hunting party. So it was just kind of one of those things where there was two deer and all of us hunting. And we, we I took, I took a deer that maybe I, maybe I would have passed on, you know, um, if circumstances were different, but I'm also not a horn hunter in general. So, right. I mean, yeah, I do want, it would be nice if I could shoot a deer with a big rack and, you know, and, kind of be super selective but sometimes our deer around here especially with i don't know if it's just our where we hunt or if it has to do with our cows how they move around and they move the deer around because one day is different than the next
0: you know yeah
1: or one week's different than the next but sometimes you just don't see the numbers you know of deer that that you can be selective as far as you know having a get hunting for meat basically
0: are you up north enough that, uh, predation is a problem with, yeah. uh, with wolves or anything like that? I mean,
1: no, definitely we are. Um, we, uh, in the last few years have seen, you know, from your deer stand, I've seen a pack of wolves you see the, the prints when you're walking in, um, to your stand, which is always an eerie feeling. Cause it's like, oh, mm-hmm. those are, wolves. you know, those are, you know, so we also have coyotes and, and wolves. So yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely out there and we definitely see them and it's kind of part of the problem. Um, Yeah. yeah. But I think also where we live on a, with cattle, it's like, we're not necessarily managing it for whitetail, this amount of property would be like, and they hunted on it, they'd probably be managing it differently for, for whitetail. Um, Yeah. But we, it's a working farm. So it's kind of like we have all of this land to hunt on, but it's not necessarily managed for deer or, you know what I mean? take took it, take yeah. in, in that.
0: Yeah, totally. No, I, I just, I, I don't get to talk to people who, who live like, you know, very far North, you know, very often. So I'm just kind of curious when I do get to talk to them first hand accounts, like, okay, what are you really seeing as far as like, you know, the whole, you know, I'm not anti-wolf, I'm not pro-wolf. I'm just, I mean, mm-hmm. I like them, but I think they, they need to be managed just like anything else, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, you hear, especially for, from people in, it seems like northern Wisconsin, it seems like a, a lot of people say, man, we used to have like a ton of deer. Now there's like none. And they'll yeah. blame it all on. The wolf, And I know there's other factors, you know, I didn't want to get down like a whole like wolf uh, uh, rabbit hole or anything like that. But I, I, was, I was just curious what, what your take is on on that whole situation. And, you know, it, it seems like you've been up there your whole life. I mean, and, and I don't know how long um, you've been, you know, in, in tune with such things anyway to even pay attention to that. But <laughs> have you seen a change, you know, in, in the time that you've been hunting that you remember as far as like the numbers of deer and you know potential you know reductions in in herds or just they're just more quiet or they're you know moved off or i mean you know what i mean
1: yeah so i can't speak as much for this property because i you know i've been with my husband now eight years so i haven't been hunting here for for Mm -hmm. as long you know um well i can start with one other story last year there was a hunter that one of he shot a doe i believe and it um, came onto our property and he was trying to get a hold of someone in the family to ask if he could permission to come track it. So <laughs> he did get permission, obviously, and he, he got out <clears throat> the next day. Um, I think it was the next day that he finally got a hold of someone, and it was already eaten by predators. I think we think it was probably coyotes in this case, um, but right. you know, it's just happened so quickly. It's just like you. you it just is what it is. Um, but as far as the population and, and wolves are wolves here. Yeah. So growing up, um, my, my dad had a hunting shack up North, even a little further North. Um, and back in, you know, 20 years ago, it was like they were in their heyday of huge bucks, you know, big, you know, you know, Thick woods, kind of Mm -hmm. deer, you know, and they they had really, really good years. Um, The last couple years, they haven't because they saw more wolves than deer, and they ended up actually buying a different property um, down a a little near, like more near Moose Lake, because the population wasn't there anymore. So they had hunted, and, and you know, they loved this shack. Um, for the last, you know, 35 years,
0: and then kind of,
1: kind of ended a couple years ago. Um, well, we, I,
0: I, I hate the burst or bubble. You said you said uh, Moose Lake, right? So, yeah. Um, the farthest I've ever been, actually in Minnesota, is Barnum. Okay, you know where Barnum is? It's kind of near Moose Lake. I yeah. think it's like a couple legs. It's north of Moose Lake, I think, or maybe okay. south. I can't remember. Anyway, it's right around yeah. there. So I have a buddy that um, has a property up there. And yeah. I go up there for firearm season. I do rifle maybe like a day or two as I'm about all I'm able to get away for and maybe a day or two of muzzle loader. Well, this year um, when I got up there, he's like, yeah, man, we got wolves now. I'm like, what? Yeah. And uh, he said he was uh, just, you know, before I, the day before I'd gotten up there, he's like, yeah, just the day before he goes, I was um, walking some of the or he was on his like um, four by four or whatever it was going down one of the trails. And he says, he sees this, like this, this buck just come crashing and just, just going down the trail, like, like, like this tail's on fire, you know? And he's like, Mm -hmm. what the hell? And he goes literally like 15, 20 yards in front of me, about five, six wolves, like chasing this thing and just cut across. Mm -hmm. Didn't even care that he was there, you know? And I'm like, Oh crap, you know? So then I get up there the next day and uh, he's filling me in about all this. I see the tracks I see the wolf tracks walking into some of these, uh, places and, and I'm, and he's got these elevated blinds, you know, these nice box Mm -hmm. blinds kind of thing. And, um, we're up there and I think it was about, I don't know, it was just not quite, I mean, just after sunlight or whatever, whatever, early morning. And he's, he's hunting too. And he's maybe like several hundred yards away in another stand. And then I hear like one sound off. And then like the rest of the pack sounds off, and it, it, they only sounded like 500 yards away from me, you know. And mm-hmm. on the one hand, it's like super super cool. And you're like, wow, I'd never heard like wolves like for real before, you know, in 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 real life. And he texts me. He goes, "You hear those bastards?" I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "They're like almost right near my stand." I'm like, "Holy crap!" You know, it's kind of, it's kind of cool, but when those things are sounding off. Even if like they're not like the ferocious monsters, like, tear, you know, tearing everything up and eating everything alive and, you know, going through, you know, your, your, um, uh, your deer herd, like a garbage disposal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, my, my impression is that the deer would be either moved off to property because of them or just a whole lot more quiet, not moving around because of them you know kind of like you hear what happened with you know with elk you know everyone said well when you know idaho whatever western states the elk you know the 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 elk population went to crap and it's like well then after a few more years it's like no they're just they're here they're just moved off into places they weren't before and they're they're quiet they're not they're not bugling they're just they've shut up because now they know that if they bugle they're going to get eaten you know so i don't know i don't know what's what's going on it was a cool experience but uh I don't know. I think it's just something we got to one more thing as, as, as hunters we have to deal with going forward. I think, you know, as if we didn't have enough to deal with. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I mean, I've had experiences in Moose Lake um, when I've been Turkey hunting and hearing mm-hmm. a pack of wolves and it's super eerie um, hmm. and they're there. I know that they're there, um, but they're still not nearly as bad as, as where my dad's shack used to be Their their old yeah. shack.
0: So huh. that,
1: that In that scenario. And they're, in their old shack, I hunted with them a couple years before um, I was married, and I I remember my cousin shot a deer, and I was in my stand, and it was like, yeah, you know, and it was it was time to time to get down, and it and basically my dad called me, and usually he doesn't call me, and he's like, hey, you know, Derek's gonna my brother, he's gonna come pick you up on the four wheeler, uh, because the there's wolves surrounding you know, your, your Steve st- stands. So ah, basically ah, they, they were trying to get, you know, after his deer and they were kind of surrounding it. They're in that area. And I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like walking back a mile,
0: you know, mm-hmm.
1: not right now. And I, I could have, but yeah, my brother, he picked me up. So that, that was nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. When you get a four wheeler ride, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's it's a lot nicer. Yeah. I mean, I, um, See, I, I don't get any of that stuff down here. I mean, there's, there's really nothing down here. That's like, you know, we have coyotes. Okay. But yeah. unless I go hunt up there and again, it's not like, like great North woods. I'm way South of where you are. You know, like I said, Barnum is the Northern northest point that I've ever been. And, you know, he's got, you know, he had these, this one picture of this giant bear too, this giant style. Um, yeah. I think he said this year he had like, she had like three cubs too. You know, and mm-hmm. I've seen the tracks from that sow, not this past year, but the year before, like walking into one of those stands. I'm like, holy crap, this thing's big, you know. And then, you know, then the wolf, it's to, you know, that it just adds a little bit more like get your hackles up, makes a little more of an adventure, you know, whether like you're in like you may not really be in danger, but there's a possibility of, hey, these predators are out there kind of thing. Um, it, have, what about mountain lions? Have you come across any mountain lions or mountain lion sightings up where you are?
1: Honestly, I did when I was a kid and I don't yeah. think that my parents believe me and I sometimes don't believe myself, but I, I definitely saw one when I was little. And then yeah. I thought I saw one, honestly, a few weeks ago. Um, but I, it was very brief and it was big. I thought it was like, oh, that looks like a, a dog. Like somebody's dog was on our farm. And it was down the trail, and I was going to walk down this trail with, with Holland, my daughter, and I see this, you know, dog, I thought, and then it hopped, it like, it jumped up onto something like a cat. So uh, I'm like, that's definitely not, it had a long tail, and I'm like, yeah, that's definitely not a dog, because you know what a cat looks like when it moves, uh, you know. And yeah. I'm like, okay, we're going to go now, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think they're out there, but I... I That's the second time in my life I've ever seen one, whereas I've seen, I've had a lot more encounters and heard wolves, um, and bears even, um, up here. And, you know, my dad used to bear hunt when I was a kid. I'm hoping actually to get a bear tag. If I can get into the, this, the Minnesota, um, bear season, um, they have surplus tags sometimes. And if I can get one, I'm going to try. So
0: yeah, that would be cool um going back to the mountain lion thing real quick to wrap that up my buddy of mine paul he he goes he has a deer camp up north i I don't know where but i mean it's you know a few hours north of of, of here so it's maybe south of you but um yeah they the property they hunt they um he one night he recorded like this this eerie like you know like screeching like
1: yelling
0: kind of whatever a bobcat you know like you hear them all the time you know people post like sounds you know that that they hear whatever it's a bobcat but then he's like no no that may very well have been a bit of bobcat but uh, this past year or before going in this past season here he showed me one of the trail camp picks and sure shit that is a mountain lion and it's mm. probably the same one that's been in that area for that they've been seeing and hearing for the last like couple of years and he's like man he goes i don't know what to think he goes i'm gonna be i'm gonna have my my 30-06 on you know on 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 one shoulder and my ar-15 walking in my stand on the other (laughs) one you know (laughs) yeah yeah, it's yeah it's it's but but the thing is both with like the wolves and mountain lions i mean it's it's getting to the point where you almost need a lawyer walking with you in the woods you know just (laughs) in case you know yeah because because what if something happens and and good luck trying to prove, who are you going to prove it to, you know, I mean, they take that stuff very, very seriously, and uh, yeah, I don't know, it's, I I guess, again, it adds to the adventure, you know, of of it all, and, and shit like that, but man, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely something to think about. Okay. So bears, uh, have you, have you hunted bears before or, or are you going to like trying to get into your first, first season hunting bears?
1: I would, it would be my first year hunting bears if, if I can get his hag, which yeah. I know it's really hard to do, but yeah, my, my dad's hunted bears and we have, um, I've had bear meat as a kid because he's, he's been successful in the past. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I've gone out with him, just baiting bears, um, just a couple years ago, he had a tag and helped him bait. And so I kind of know the process, but I yeah. haven't had a tag, so I haven't
0: done it yet. So it's a lot of work, isn't it? I mean, ref- yeah, refreshing those, every, yeah. Hauling all that bait out, refreshing it. And yep. yeah, would you, um, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the, it, it's not it, it. When you draw a bear tag, is it any weapon? Like can you use a rifle or is it archery only? Or, or what is it?
1: Um, I think it's either, but I I'm not sure if you have to buy a specific tag. I need to look into it. Like if it's specific, yeah. like you have to buy a archery tag for bear or a rifle tag. I would I need to look into that, I think, a little bit more too on, on what I would do. Um yeah. I don't know. I think for my first bear, I kind of feel more comfortable with a rifle. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable shooting my bow and everything, but Gosh, it's a big animal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's get back to archery real quick here. Are you, um, what, what do you, we can kind of get into your setup here. I mean, are you like, like, do you really geek out over your, over your setup? I mean, do you, do, do you tune, do you do all that stuff? Or is it just like, it's just one more thing that you use? Like, what, what are you shooting right now?
1: Um, I have Matthew's uh, Monster Chill SDX. Right okay. now, um, I have that one for, you know, for hunting, um, and I use, you know, HHA Sight and Rest, um, and I love it. Um, I, I bought it, gosh, now three years ago, and it was actually around the same year as the Avail came out, and for some reason, I chose this one over the Avail. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I, I, maybe I'll end up buying the Avail <laughs> I shoot it again and kind of you know feel get a feel for it this my bow that I bought since it was discontinued because the avail came out was like however much cheaper you know too yeah because the last one I'm like oh well it was still over a thousand dollars but it was better than you know buying the brand new avail at the time so
0: isn't that crazy how expensive new compounds have gotten
1: I they mean, are it's yeah.
0: outrageous yeah i mean my mine is like i have a 2011 like you know and mm-hmm. then i've been shooting um you know recurves and stuff or trying to shoot an animal with one but no luck yet but um and i understand like like custom you know custom recurves custom traditional bows or whatever they can run easily north of a thousand dollars some of them like almost up to two thousand but just your average like um compound bow it seems like and i haven't bought one in years or even looked at a price tag like in, in earnest but by the time you buy the thing and you know you put on like what 150 200 site 150 drop away rest and all the other yeah. stuff i mean you're easily out the door you know for a minimum of thousand dollars close to 1500 dollars. it depends on you know where the you know do you think that's like a big barrier nowadays i know they have entry-level bows you can always use you can always buy used but do you think it's a barrier to, to entry for some people that it's so expensive?
1: Um, yes and no. I mean, my first bow that I bought at age 21 was like 200 bucks and I got cheap arrows and you know, you can get, you know, whisker biscuit first, 20 bucks Mm -hmm. and they're all, they're all effective. I shot my first deer with that bow. You know, it's not that you can't hunt with it and you can't shoot with it. It's, it's just that when you, like for me, I had that bow for probably five years and, and still yeah. use it today to, to um, bow hunt. I just turned it into my bow hunting bow or my, sorry, bow fishing bow. Right. Um, yeah, so I just, I still use it to bow fish. Um, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, that was an adjustable bow, um, a, mission, a mission bow. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that it's easily... It, it doesn't have to be expensive, and there doesn't have to be like the the barriers. I think the most, the best thing about archery hunting is that you know you can reuse your arrows. Obviously, like you don't have right. to take as much for ammunition mm-hmm. um, because you're not you know when you practice with a rifle and make sure making sure that you're accurate and sighting in and everything, you're going through at least a box of ammunition. I don't know, at right. least I do. I I try to, um, or more. Um, and if you just shoot for fun, it costs money too. Um, but I think with archery, it's, yeah, it's a barrier. If you, if you don't, I feel like you have to want it, you know what I mean? Like you have to want to, to shoot. bow or you want to, you have to want to get into it. And then I think anything you get into is an initial investment, but it doesn't have to be like the thousand dollar bow that we've been talking about. You know, it can be that $200 bow. It can be a used bow. It can be even like some of the mission line bows are maybe 300, you know what I mean? And then you can get, you know, whisker biscuit is not that expensive and it's just, it's, it's effective. It's not as fast or, you know, there's certain downfalls to each piece of equipment, you know, if you go on the budget route, but they'll still work, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. What do you, um, what do you have for like an arrow setup? I mean, is there anything specific that you, that you shoot for as far as like speed or, uh, or weight wise or a broadhead or what what does that look like for you? Um,
1: so I've, I've done a few different things over the years. Um, I've had Carbon Express, um, they're, gosh I need to look at them um basically I've used carbon express and like rage broadhead the Uh expandable rage I don't know what specific ones I can't remember off the top of my head um but when I first started with like the weight that I was pulling back I used a broadhead that was that had a rubber band on it I don't remember what that was called either because some of these some of the the name brand the name brand stuff just doesn't really matter to me as much.
0: Yeah. Well, I think Rage had that too, but I think was it when the Schwacker had that too, didn't they? Or
1: is it Schwacker? I don't know.
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: I just remember that was my first brass head that I used with yeah. the carbon breath arrows. Um, and gosh. Then I moved on to the because I, I upped my draw weight. Um, I think I'm I'm shooting 50 pounds now, whereas mm-hmm. when I started probably at like 35 right when first started you know um and then yeah so I used rage and then when I went out to Idaho I used uh muzzy fixed broadheads for elk hunting because you could only use fixed broadheads
0: right um, yeah
1: yeah and then I've shot like what else have I shot shot a few different brands of arrows and they're honestly weight wise mm, I don't know I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm a little sleep deprived.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's fine. Um, no, I was just trying to get a sense of like, you know, if if you're, uh, uh, you know, like like deep into in, into like tuning and like FOC or anything like that, you know, or you just you just basically like, no, I'm all about the hunting. And if it flies right, goes right, it, it does the job. Then then it's you know it's it's a tool, and we'll just use yeah. it as a tool. You know, yeah. I
1: think I could get so more into like you know i think like 400 grains i think i'm i don't know
0: I'd, yeah i mean if, if it's just a normal standard you know build it's probably like you know 400 ish somewhere around there It probably sounds about right yeah yeah,
1: yeah it probably sounds better. Better. um i i kind of just shoot what is comfortable and seems like it's best for me and yeah and yeah so i i get into it just, when i'm when i'm shopping and i'm doing a lot of research and then Mm -hmm. i find something that works and then then i forget all the information
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that's that's, that's totally fine
1: i just just enjoy the uh the you know if i'm just shooting archery and doing 3d stuff and like that type of thing i just enjoy whatever i have and i try to be consistent with whatever arrows i have for at least that season and Sometimes I'll try different arrows, but usually go back to, um, my Carbon Express. I think they're Maxima something arrows.
0: Are they I the blues like, or the reds?
1: They're, they are pink and black oh, and they okay. are oh. dual spine arrows. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I really like those arrows. They're, I think they're like 12 bucks a piece. So I know what yeah, they
0: cost. <laughs> right, right, right. It sounds like you had success with them too. And, um. I mean, that's, that's pretty much all that counts, but when you, um, in, in deer season, like, what do you typically hunt out of? Is it a ground blind? Are you in a tree stand? Are you in like permanent stands or how, how does that look on that property?
1: Well, with bow hunting, um, I hunted a tree stand in like a ladder stand usually.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I have hunted in a blind, like last year I hunted in a blind, um, a little bit, uh, just to, have a new spot and do it quickly basically. Yeah. Um, and try to do it on my own. Um, just setting up a ladder stand by myself is a lot harder. Um, yeah. this year with the the blind, actually, we left it out one week too too long because, um, Nick's uncle moved the cows to the pasture where my, my, uh, blind was set up and it got <sighs> destroyed had to be re <laughs> up and everything so they just oh they love destroying things trail cameras they'll yeah, just, lick
0: them mm-hmm. trample right over it or what yeah they trample
1: <laughs> it Jeez. yep yeah um, it's like
0: a bigger rolling herd i'm guessing
1: yeah 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 they're free range you know they they get moved to different pastures but they you know they they're pretty much rotational grazing so they get moved and are just kind of up out and about you know so
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah um um, this season i had a permanent stand
0: right okay yeah um and that and that seems to be kind of like the thing you know like um if you're gonna be mobile seems like a lot of people are mobile with you know during during like bow season and things like that but um when we're talking about like doing like rifle you know muzzle loader whatever like deer camp kind of stuff yeah it's it's, it's permanent stands it's it's you know like no like no you know I've, I've been in the stand for x many years or you know my is my grandfather's stand there's my dad's stand or whatever is it kind of like that up there or do you uh do, do, do you kind of do you guys kind of move around or does everyone kind of have their own own little spot you know and that's 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 your stand that's grandpa's stand is that
1: yeah they, all the stands have names and okay. they um those types of stands at least they have they have names and if they're like an elder like nick's dad or uncle they kind of have their own stand um it's not that no one can sit in them but most of the time they're sitting in them Um, Mm -hmm. but otherwise yeah people move around they actually so this is different than my family my family when we hunt we just sit during rifle season all day and you have your lunch in your stand um, and you sit there, which is hard for me. Cause I'd have to always get down, go to the bathroom, whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's how they do it. But with the teens they actually like, they'll sit in the morning and then around like 10 or 11, they'll, or like, yeah, 10 ish, they'll move, to, they'll like rotate stands to try and maybe like see if any deer kick up or like move deer
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they'll move to the next stand and they kind of all know where they're going. And then they actually they come in for lunch a little later and then they go back out after lunch kind of thing so yeah, everyone's a little yeah.
0: Different. cool so you mentioned that you uh you've done a couple out west trips you, you mentioned idaho i'm guessing for elk and then you said for south yeah. dakota for uh for, for antelope um what what brought that on and, and who'd you go with how it go
1: so um i went left, gosh the year that. Uh, not this past fall, but the fall before, I went to Idaho on an elk hunt, archery elk hunt, and I went with my dad, my husband, my brother, and my cousin Jake. And okay. um, we were in around, kind of near Kerry, Idaho, and uh, it's like south central, kind of.
0: Okay. And
1: it was it was awesome experience. We um, we did go with an outfitter. And, um, that was, that was cool. Um, we had horseback going in about, it was about two hour horseback ride in to the mountains to our camp and had, you know, wall tents right along the river, um, and went out every morning and pretty much hunted all day. And none of us actually were successful, which was a bummer. Um, but just, they had those wildfires coming in and they, um In that area, I don't know if you remember. A couple of years ago, Idaho got hit really bad with wildfires. I think I was super aware because I was going there to go hunting. Um, I don't remember could-
0: Idaho, but I remember hearing about it in game. But yeah,
1: yeah. So they couldn't even get into go into camp until like basically they were setting up things while we were going in. Like, oh, it was yeah. it was kind of like for the outfitter, it was pretty stressful. Uh, as far as that part goes, um, yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if that affected things with the elk or if it just, it's hunting, you know what I mean? It just is in some ways, but we hunted, we probably put on 10 miles or more a day, um, hiking and, and, uh, hunting. So we saw at one point 10 bulls go past and they were mm, 86 yards away or something like that. And if I was just in a, like, if I was closer, gosh, I would have had the perfect shot, but I just, I'm obviously not taking an 86 yard shot, you know? Right. <laughs> so, but it, they were beautiful, like 10 bulls in a row. And if I would have known there was 10 of them, cause they were coming up, up the mountain. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, you didn't see them until they were like popped up, you know, so there was one and then I could have snuck, but I didn't. I wasn't wanting to scare the first one. You know what I mean? And then the next one. Yeah. Came, and then the next one came. So it was like, oh, then your heart just drops. You know, <laughs> so it's just one of those things where you're just like, gosh, I could have done things differently. But um, this was actually my second elk hunt. The first one I went on was an all girls trip out um, in Colorado, but it was a second season rifle hunt.
0: Mm.
1: So, yeah but I, I mean, I love elk hunting hunting and elk country and someday I'll be successful, (laughs) but I think it, it's hard when you see not, it's not hard for me, but it's like, you get this expectation of, you know, social media, people posting like all their elk pictures or their deer pictures. And so then you have your, you know, in your brain, like Oh, well, why am I not successful? Like that person is successful, you know? But I think that it's, it's, not, it's just not how life actually goes.
0: Well, I think you see the top 10%, right? I mean, is not what they say. I don't know if I mean, those are just rules of thumb that everyone throws out, but like Mm -hmm. 10, what is it? 10% of the hunters shoot 90% of the animals, whatever. And I think the success rates for, especially for archery, you know, or, you know, they hover around 10, 15%, don't they? I mean, so you're not going to see, you're not going to see the, you're not going to see it on Instagram, the people that aren't successful you know you might see some but all you really see is always the good you know so right. i think um just having done the trip and um, i'd like to do a, a trip like that just 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 to do the trip that'd be uh, that'd be amazing um do you have any plans to go back or eventually I mean, in, yeah. in, in the short term yeah yeah
1: i would love to um i was maybe gonna try this year but this year is just not happening um maybe next fall it might 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 happen. It might take mm-hmm. a couple years because now having kids or having a child it is yep. very different. It just brings a different moment. It's not that I can't ever go hunting again out west, but my priorities are a little different now because I don't want to leave her for so long um, if, yeah. she, you know, if she's not ready for that, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of, it's changed things in a little, in, in ways like that where, you know, i I want to go, but at the same time, that if you go out west hunting, you want to be there for at least ten days, and I I just want to be at a point with my child that she's okay with me being gone for ten days, you know. Mhm,
0: mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I I get it. If you want to invest invest the go out there, you do it for a minimum. Amount of time. It's Worth it to just go like yeah, I'm going for a week because. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems it seems to me from what I've again, I've never been, but it seems to me from what I've gathered from people who've gone, make sure you go like minimum ten days. You know, over a week, ten days. That way, it gives you time to go acclimate, get to know the area, move around if you need to, find a new spot if you need to. If you're doing the kind of DIY, um, you know, you're you're spending the money be gone a few more days, you know, and make it really worth your while and, you know, and up, your, up your chances, I guess, of, of success. Um, so you still went to South Dakota, too, for antelope. That, and how, how did that go? Was that, um, was that like a shorter trip, I'm guessing, or, or did you go just as long?
1: No, that was a little bit shorter. Um, I went with one other girlfriend, and we went out there, just a do-it-yourself kind of trip. And we hunted public land and just kind of used our, our maps, our, I think we used Onyx maps at the time to figure out right. like all the public and private land and, you know, mark things that we, we found. So that was one of my first, well, not first, but that I know of like really trying to figure out public land um, yeah. because we, I've hunted public land here, you know, like um, grouse hunting. But out there, it was like, I'm in a different state. I want to, like, I don't know the area, so I don't know what's public and private, whereas around here, you kind of know already. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really, really fun. We stayed at a, we brought, we hauled out a camper and stayed in the camper on a campground and went um, out every morning. And basically, we went after after rifle, or after, yeah, rifle season And so, like, the way that it works in South Dakota, at least where we were hunting, is that the archery season is basically open the whole time. And I think it closes for a week just for rifle season, and then it opens back up again. Okay. Uh, And early season, like August time, when you're hunting for antelope, you basically, you know, you have, you sit at watering holes, and you, like, it's hot, and so they have to come drink at least once a day. And so that... And how you hunt them and then they go into rut and then it's like, then it's like a different type of hunting. It's like, you're using decoys and you're, you know, kind of trying to get them to come close to you and, and, and get them that way. And then they get out of rut and it kind of is like kind of up in the air depending on the weather. And we went, I think it was October. So most people that were out there weren't hunting for antelope because it's like kind of hard to do at that time of year. Yeah. Uh, most people are mule deer hunting that were hunting. So we were, <laughs> we actually lucked out though in the fact that it was super, super hot still. And we basically found this great watering hole and we waited for like eight hours and they ended up coming in. <laughs> and uh, my friend took a shot. Um, And I think it was a little, little, she was pretty low when she shot and kind of our chances of, you know, of getting any more were shot there because once they see an arrow or whatever, they're, they're pretty, they get spooked pretty easily. They have really good eyesight, Um, Yeah. but, but it was a really cool experience as far as at least getting one opportunity to like actually shoot one. So, Yeah.
0: It was... That that sounds uh, yeah that, that sounds very cool and I, I keep saying um you know just just like anybody right I mean I make excuses or you know real real or imagine you know like man I don't have the time or how am I going to squeeze this in and, but you know every time I hear somebody talk about nope I did I just went out west and did it I'm like why the hell don't I just go out west and do it? <laughs> you know and just yeah. just grab a friend and go and I've got family members that you know that that could go like we've talked about going to Wyoming for antelope for example me and uh, my, my uncle-in-law you know and um we just we just never do it so it, mm-hmm. i i think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to change that because uh you know it's, you, you can't take it with you right i mean it, mm-hmm. you, you got to get those adventures in you know when uh, when you can so so cool so um we're almost an hour here ali is there anything else uh that that you want people to know about you anything uh you know like in in, in anything else that they want you to, that you want them to follow that you do or uh, anything you represent or anything like that. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, um, my big thing with my social media, with like Ellie of North on Instagram and then Facebook, I think it's just Ellie Dutine. Um, my biggest thing is just kind of empowering people to get outside, um, and showing the outdoor lifestyle and that you can do it with the baby or whatever. And I just, I feel like it's important to kind of keep sharing my life in that way, even though it's sometimes uncomfortable to always share your life. Um, Mm -hmm. but in some ways it is still a good thing because I think it does inspire people to try new things. Um, maybe view hunting in a different light or just seeing a female doing it is, you know, maybe it's inspiring. I don't know. I've had people say it is, but hopefully, hopefully I can continue, you know, showing people my life and you know, maybe other people will get outside. Um, otherwise I do have empower outdoors, um, is also a page on Instagram to follow. It's, I have a podcast that I started a couple years ago and haven't actually recorded an episode in about a year. Um, but hopefully I will be, um, recording more episodes coming up and I have some other fun things with that page, um, beyond the podcast too. So, yeah, but I appreciate it. So what's that?
0: Yeah what's that about Empower Outdoors is that um along the same lines or because I've never that that's new You've to me never seen it?
1: yeah Empower no, Outdoors no. It's, it, it's a podcast I started um with it was a with my cousin Phil he was my co-host and we had probably 25 episodes um basically talking about a lot of different hunting basics and interviewed a lot of different people um yeah I mean it's something that I want to continue it's just that I haven't um, had the energy to continue it after having a baby. So it's just one of the things that kind of got back burner. Um, because I'm also, I'm working from home and have a child that I work mostly when she naps and I sometimes have my mom watch her as well. So it's like, I don't have necessarily daycare. Um, I'm trying to fit like a hundred things in my basket at the same (laughs) time. So yeah,
0: yeah. No, I get it. Well, cool. All right. Well, why don't you hang on uh, the phone with me here, and uh, we'll wrap up. So, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for being on. I Appreciate it. I know it's is uh, you know precious time that, that you had here for, during lunch, and I really really appreciate you doing that, especially since all the the busy the busy stuff you just rattled off over here. So, um, so everybody go go check out Ali Allie up north. Go check out Instagram. Um, all kinds of uh, just cool outdoor just her life and and, and various things that she's doing out there, really, you know, family oriented things, fishing, hunting, outdoors, uh, family, that kind of stuff. So make sure you go give a follow. If you like this episode, please leave a rating too. It's really easy to do. Just scroll down uh, and just leave, leave a 5 star rating. You don't even have to leave a review. So appreciate that. And uh, thanks for joining me. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks.